Welcome to Best Frenemies Forever, a podcast with your hosts Dustin and Nesto. Sometimes friends, sometimes enemies, but together forever. Yeet! Yeet! Uh, hello, Nesto. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dustin. Well, that's the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I guess, like, for context, this is the second iteration of podcast for us. We had another one that we did several years ago, and now we're trying to pick it back up with a new name and a new energy. Uh, basically, same format, though. Several years ago? <laughs> so, 10 years ago. 10 or 15 years ago. Um, yeah. We basically invented podcasting, but it was too far ahead of its time. Uh, Sounds about right. 10 years ago, I'm thinking like 2005, but 10 years ago was... 2010. <laughs> that's the math on it. Uh, first thing I guess we'll be talking about today, uh, speaking of like 10 years ago, is like price hikes on games. I just sent you that article where they referred to the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 2, and they're wondering if games will be too expensive with the price increase to $50. Oh, okay. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I don't care. Because I'm balling. But I know a lot of people have concerns with games uh, increasing in price. Like, I guess I understand the inflation aspect of it. Or, like, really that just studios spend insane amount of monies on their games and stuff like that. But, like, $70 being the new norm for a game is a little bit... It's up there. It's definitely up there. I mean, yeah, definitely with, like, especially with the crisis going on this year. Um which we won't get into, but everyone knows. But um, it's definitely kind of feels like a moment where times are changing in the gaming industry, especially because that price of like, well, $60, you know, for a game, new game, has been around for a poof since 360 PS3 era. Like, it's been around for a long time. So we haven't really seen a rate hike since then. But, I mean, the thing that, like, I want to, like, get into or talk about, like, is is the $70 hike or, like, price change going to be, like, for physical games or digital? Because I feel like when you get into, like, the digital market, you don't have the costs and all that. So you don't need to make that price, that the full price, you know what I mean? As opposed to physical where you still have to pay for, you know, production costs and, you know, stocking fees and all that, you know. All that stuff. But with digital, you can just sell straight to people, you know? That's why, like, Steam and all those companies, or, like, that way of getting your games is cheaper. And you can put them on sale. So I don't know if, like, the $70 is going to be for everything. If that's the case, then I don't I don't know. I don't feel, like, that yeah. justified. So, so, like, when you think about that, like, digital costs, like, look at the new PlayStation, uh... So they have like a version with a disk drive and then they have an all digital version and the all digital versions like 80 to 100 bucks cheaper or something like that. Yeah. Like, so clearly that sets a precedent that digital can be cheaper. And we know like 80% of all sales are digital in, you know, current age 2020. Uh, and what's interesting about that is like the reason like games were so expensive were of course, large part of development, but also creating physical copies and getting them shipped, getting them stocked, creating like distributors for either packaging or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And now you're in a position where you can sell through a digital marketplace, which you eliminate some of the costs. Of course, there's like a digital cost of uh, holding that content somewhere, but 
when you like there's no production or shipping costs in that order and you also have this weird thing where you cut out uh like third-party retail Mm -hmm. um you no longer have this issue where one person buys your game plays through it and gives it to their friend or takes it back to gamestop and it becomes gamestop sale um yeah you are selling a one person one license and of course like somebody can either borrow that entire system or come over to their friend's house and play but it's much more one-to-one or one unique sale or transaction from when you sell that game and it actually it looks like to me that like a developer or a publisher would be able to retain more control over like recurring profit or not losing out to resellers or uh people like gamestop and other things like that so like it feels like they should be able to make more money than ever via digital and so i'd be wondering like so how do you incentivize digital if somebody knows that i can buy a game for 70 dollars and then resell it in two weeks if i beat it for 50 i make you know in the total cost is 20. so if you maybe split that difference on digital maybe you can incentivize people to buy digital and it keeps production costs lower for you and then you know there's no chance of losing out sales because somebody else bought it from a third party for that reason so like it will be interesting to see like what things do you do as a publisher to to make these sales more attractive like during the ps2 360 era especially like ds and stuff like that there's like so many gimmicks like a game would come with a head a headset or like it would come with like some limited edition thing or whatever like High vision goggles rank. yeah <laughs> just like not even collector sets but random games because like you kind of had to make a the purchaser feel like it's justified to spend this new amount of money and so like will you still get that same level of satisfaction or will customers still get that same level of satisfaction? They spend 70 bucks on a game and they're going to be like, Hmm, that felt like $70 worth of game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's not a huge increase. It's not like mind blowing, but like how will people receive that? I'm not sure. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like just with any type of change, people will be first like, Oh no, what the hell is this? You know, especially if they don't keep um, up to date with the information being spread out about changes in the industry and changes about like you know game prices um but i do feel like there is a shift in terms of licensing games that you buy at least on the digital front with like how we're seeing that you buy a game like currently on the ps4 you can use that license to get the game on the next gen consoles which which is huge for like the consumer where it's like they don't feel like they have to buy the same game like over and over again with every console, which is great. Um, but I wonder if like that's going to be like a shift for like the like just like um, the gaming industry or just like for the consumer where like you're going to have the licenses licensee, bleh, licenses for games being able to be transferred to, like different consoles or different things as long as they buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like that's definitely something Microsoft has done. So like you can buy a game and you play it on your PC or you play it on your Xbox or you play it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm not sure what the term for that is, but like uh, for at least the PS4 to PS5, like forward compatibility, everything before yeah. was backwards compatibility. And now you kind of wonder, like, if I'm going to make this huge investment in this console, like will the titles I take with me be playable on this new system and will they be upscaled or upgraded for the new system and so like those are the two things that i'm really concerned for for the new generation is like 
uh, how many how many of like the current IPs or games that we have now can we play again since we've already bought them? And then what options are we going to have to like play on multiple systems? Like it's it's one thing for crossplay, but then like the actual ability to play the same game that you own between different systems. Like Microsoft definitely wins out on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just so convenient. Like uh, being able to j- jump between any system. I don't know. It's that's something I'd really like to see. Um, yeah, but like on the, but like on the subject of price hike, like if like you're expecting so much stuff because like you're buying a game for ten dollars more, and you kind of have to look like why are we seeing a price hike? Is it just due to inflation? Like obviously, I think it's due to the way games are made. Like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people have the stance that games are too long or games should not be using photorealism. And while I don't think like every game like you know across the bar says no photorealism no motion cap no voice acting no you know this that and the other you have to understand like these budgets that are going into these games are like insane like yeah tens of millions of dollars years of labor and so like i understand they have to make a profit on it but also like do we just need to stop saying like every game doesn't need to be open world. Every game doesn't need to have every interaction voiced or every single, you know, there doesn't need to be a unique animation for every last single thing in the game, even though that, that makes an insane experience and it's rich when you're in it. But like, is that what sticks with you? Like I just played through the last of us too and to avoid no spoilers. Like that game has individual reload and crafting mechanics or animations. And it's like, it's, it's, insanely detailed and it's a beautiful game and all of that is wonderful and it's great when i'm playing it but when i've stepped away from that experience like character narrative world building that that kind of stuff sticks with me and although the motion cap for all the unique animations and rigging was nice like that's not going to carry with me and that that's not going to be a selling point do we really need to invest more hours of labor and money into those kind of things which are, you know, maybe those aren't the biggest costs out of the game, but obviously they are, maybe we're just overgrading games. Maybe we're making too much game. Yeah, I guess like, I guess the audience or like the, the type of, um, the type of game genre type of game that you're going for will dictate that. But I think kind of in this, the sense like, I think that's more of like uh, the company's, um, what I'm gonna call it, decision or like their kind of like risk that they must ass- assess before doing or taking on that responsibility or that that huge uh, um, just uh, challenge of making a game that's gonna cost that kind of uh, that has that kind of budget. But the thing is, is like for the consumer, I don't think we're ever gonna be like it's going to be forced upon us to be like, Oh, this game was made with like a billion dollar budget. And this game was made with like a million dollar budget. So you have to spend more money to buy this game because we spent more money to put into the game. I think that's kind of like, <laughs> that's like, that's your problem. buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, just don't spend so much money on a game. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, neither of us are privy to like the procurement or whatever, you know, direction side of these games. So it's easy for us to be on the couch and say, do it this way. And then all your problems are solved. But like, I think there's a very viable argument to saying like, 
not every game needs to, you know, reinvent its own genre or push itself to the, you know, push the boundaries of gaming as we know it. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I just like you, especially be just the prominence of indie titles and indie studios who've come out like through Devolve, uh, Devolver Digital and stuff like that. Like you look at these games that have just unique art styles and they're very consistent in what they do. They maybe have like a fun gimmick that makes them like enjoyable to play games like devil daggers which are like throwbacks to ps1 era stuff and it's just a small room that you're bouncing around shooting demons but like this is a game that takes uh perhaps not the industry by storm but it takes a like a very has a very positive reception and does incredibly well like that doesn't cost millions of billions of dollars undertale then it costs millions of billions of dollars you know what i mean it doesn't have seven years of uh, development time and millions of dollars in mocap and voices yeah. you know not to just you can you can shake things up without reinventing the wheel yeah definitely i think just in general i think it just comes down to like setting aside like development costs or um but when it comes down to consumers it's like i think people will pay for it even if like if work is put into the game but generally we won't pay for it if there's an alternative meaning like i can get it here for you know quicker or faster or i don't have to go to the store or something like that and it's like what like you said what am i paying for then to get a physical like it's or like a digital or a physical if they're the same price that's the thing that i'm thinking about like is going to be the biggest thing is like if there is no drop in price for digital games and you still have to pay for the physical the same price like both of them the same price then that's where there's going to be like some discourse and some like basically people may like pushing back like this is a little like kind of extreme because we haven't even seen that in our current era because there's still if you go on like PlayStation Store or like Xbox there's still $60 game digital you know which I don't really agree with but you know that's my thing. yeah, it depends. It depends on the publisher. It depends on the system because, like, there are some who get away with it, like Nintendo, because you cannot get a Nintendo game on any other platform. Whereas yeah. you might be able to, unless it's an exclusive, and then you look at things like Horizon Zero Dawn, which don't remain exclusive forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you may be able to get these titles somewhere else for cheaper. Like, there's Xbox Game Pass, which is hundreds of games that, like, oh, yeah. Outer Worlds is on there, and that game came out nine months ago or something and now it is available for five dollars you know what i mean like will i pay for the 60 dollar horrible port version on switch or will i pay for the 60 dollar version on ps4 like no i'm gonna go for the five dollar one because it's cheaper in a digital format somewhere else so like there's a million different factors that play into it and i think overall the increase in price is warranted but it's just gonna be funny to see or interesting to see how it plays out because like People who didn't buy digital before, if there's an incentive, like, will they go digital or will this force people back to physical because they want to get some money back because they don't agree with the cost? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's, we won't know until we get there. Yeah, definitely. Yep. That's what I feel about that. Not much more to be said there. Speaking of, like, I guess, like, series that are going on forever or, like, developers that seem to be making curious decisions... Uh, Amazon announces it's making a Fallout series. And so we take another, you know, intellectual property that is doing mediocre, I think is fair to say. And we 
throw at a television show. Yeah. Um, How do you is feel? this why we don't have money for games? <laughs> <laughs> I I just there's also the HBO Last of Us television show. Um, there's the Mario movie in the works. Like there is constantly reiterations of IPs moving into different zones or different, I guess, genres or forms of media. Yeah. Um, and so we we were tossing back and forth the question of how long should a series go on for? Like how long does an IP last? Like yeah. you look at Mario and Mario has been around since the 1800s. Uh, <laughs> and it's been a good IP and he's branched out successfully into like different types of genres and different ways of playing the game or introducing new characters. But it's like, that seems fine for a series that's that, that is that strong. But yeah. when you look at something like a crash bandicoot four that is having a soft reboot like okay that's fine crash bandicoot's great but like do i need a new crash bandicoot did i want a new crash bandicoot um i don't yeah. know how many like what does crash bandicoot offer that you know like other games do not it's it's just a weird thing to me where like we also see it with final fantasy 7 remake where like it's very cool to be playing this game again and seeing a, a new nuanced take on it. But like, where's all this going? Like, yeah. why are we spending so much time and effort on a series? It's kind of like a known quantity, right? Like, yeah. I know what I'm getting into there. Yeah. It's more like the safer decision. I guess like the question it, like that arises from that um, is how long should you, move forward with an IP before you realize like maybe it's good to bring back another like a like an older IP just to like I guess satisfy the audience or satisfy nostalgia or something because that's the thing I always like wonder whenever somebody goes for like something that's older or like back in the day or hasn't had like a game in so long is if it's just there to like I guess put distance or give like space between them making a new game or if they're just kind of like writing the back of that because they don't have like something like it's just i don't know what's the mindset behind bringing back an ip other than like if it hasn't seen a game like in 10 20 years like something that's ridiculously long in where like one game personally i would love to see is siphon filter which i really like those game series but it kind of like disappeared um but that's the thing is just like what is the motive what's the idea behind like even making the tv series is like what is saying the opportune moment to say this needs to be made now because i think like going back to like fallout um fallout 76 had a really rocky you know release so jumping on board with a fallout series now seems kind of like yeah like i don't see the idea or guess the mindset behind it sure there's fans that want it but it's like why this moment you know what i mean like you um, said it depends like what ip are you bringing back and like doesn't need to like you look at something like river city girls like that's a very very cool and fresh way to bring back an ip and something like yeah. that you know it's a, it's a new iteration of that series but then you look at, I don't know, like something like the Crash Bandicoot remake, and it's just like, 
or you know moving the ip into television or other forms of media like mm-hmm. why are we spending so much money bringing back these ips not to say like there there's a little bit of an argument like if these ips were worth you know extenuating like why was there already such a large gap in between the last one and this one not to say that you know the gaming is in a circle and that these titles will always come back around or this, you know, elements of platforming will always come back around. But it's like, when, when do you just say, Hey, I want to invest in new IP. Like there's a million new developers out there and a million new ideas for games. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I would love to see more energy put into new IPs and new, new ideas or more original remakes, or I'm sorry, you know, continuations of ips like river city girls or otherwise rather than just saying like oh fallout is a tv show now like yeah <sighs> i don't know it's just it's it feels a little bit exhausting we've been in like this remake reboot culture for 10 10 or 15 years now and it's just like when when is this going to run out when are we going to let new ideas come forward and grow and take space in the industry like yeah um yeah like that's the way i feel about like exactly like how I feel about things right now. Like perfect example is um Demon Souls. Uh Demon Souls is coming out on the PS5 and it's looks like it's going to be like a launch game. Um not confirmed, but it looks like that's going to be like trying to be a console seller. Um but the thing is is like that game came out in 2009 and and sure, the community has been wanting like a Demon Souls, you know, like just a port, to be honest. But now they're going for a full remake, which you know, cool, that's awesome. Um, but the thing about it is that the way like I was going about like, the, like we want new IPs is that they're also making FromSoft, the company who makes the, the games, is also making Elden Ring, which there's been no talks of Elden Ring, like no information in the past like six months, really of anything happening with that game and i'm wondering if like this was kind of like uh the remake was being made and then they were like this is a backup plan because of the progress of the game's not going well or something or it's taking longer than expected so i wonder if like these remakes and all these ips are like in the works like in the back and then they basically have the time and resources to make them but then when something goes wrong you know they bring them out as a way to say like okay this gives us time to work on a new ip i guess like that's where my mind's going with like the things like maybe there's so much uh creative or like a quality control with new ips nowadays where it's just like you can't jump in you can't release a game that's new or different that they have to make these remakes as kind of like a um like a safety net i guess because they know that people will buy them and people will jump on board because it's something that they know so i wonder if that's the way the industry has gone but i'm not sure you know just an idea no i think i think you're onto something there because it definitely feels like the industry takes the safe way out or the maybe like the the very played out way but what's bizarre to me is that they make what feels like such softball decisions Mm -hmm. or fail to branch out i mean we had uh I mean, how many like Destiny killers have we had? How many battle royale games have we had? Like, it's a little bit of what are the, what are people buying now? Let's make that, or yeah. what do people we think people want and stuff like that. But they're do they do spend like such exorbitant amount of money to get there, and it's like okay, well, 
that's like a risk in and of itself because if you create you know uh, a copy of one of these type of games or one of these older ips and it doesn't do well like what, what you could have put that energy into a new ip you, like nintendo does it nintendo yeah. has pushed splatoon in the past five years they've created arms they've they've not been afraid to push into areas which you know maybe they weren't as well as received but like like labo or labo or arms yeah but like they're creating stuff that has like a type of social currency at all like a it, it has its place where people it's very easily recognizable it's very uh very nintendo to say like and whether or not it's a huge success or failure monetarily like it, it sets up an expectations of like okay these are the type of games they make these are the type of ips they have and like for a lot of people who do like that whether it sells amazing or not like that it defines who nintendo is and gives them like a place to build upon those ips whereas you look at just reboots after reboots from other series or they you know television series it's just like where 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 do I expect Fallout to go from here? Where do I expect it to go after seventy six and after a television show? Like I don't know what they're trying. I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand. They're just like, gonna fuse it into Fallout um, Skyrim. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Cool, cool. About time. Uh, <laughs> the crossover we always never wanted. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Well, speaking of series that are now worse, uh, Crisis. Yeah. So Good I just crisis. got this new PC. Just got this new PC with my uh, Ryzen 5, my 2070 Super. I'm doing hardcore gaming. I'm at like 1,000 FPS, all graphics on Ultra. My PC's at 100 Celsius all time. And I'm, I'm hyped. I am hyped <laughs> because, you know, 2008 me would have been freaking out because my PC couldn't run crisis crisis was like it's it's funny because there are like several games that are like benchmarking or release like with benchmarking optimization for people especially pc users yeah or specifically pc users and crisis was like the game both like one and two were well one, mostly one yeah, two was one two was really good and then like three was designed with like consoles in mind so it wasn't as fully optimized which I don't know if you've played three, but it super sucks. It's terrible. Yeah, I played a little bit of the multiplayer, but I never played the game. That was uh, on console, I remember playing it, and it ran at like 20 FPS on console. I was like, <laughs> how is this even the crisis? I know. Right. Um, and here we are again, full circle. Crisis is being remade, re-released, mm -hmm. pushing, you know an existing ip yeah and it has to be delayed because after they dropped the initial you know release video fans like immediately realized that this looks worse like not like either textures are missing or models are missing uh lighting is inconsistent i watched probably a couple different videos i know i'd sent you one that was like 10 minutes long yeah and it's just there's so many spots where it looks like they just threw, you know, upgrade this texture, slap on a little bit of shine here. But like even the the rigging of models or like the the amount of debris during explosions or cutscenes and stuff like that, like it feels lifeless. Like the first one, there's just it's so detailed and it's so explicit, all the different cutscenes and uh, the way like 
the animation's done. And the second one's just, it's just lifeless. Like things happen, like it's the story of crisis and you would know what, you would know what is going on. It's not completely different, but it just, it lacks character. It's just, it feels almost like a really shiny sandbox that somebody tried to remake crisis in rather than like a loving, accurate remake of crisis. It's, it's really weird. It's really odd. Yeah. I don't see. Yeah. I don't see, like, I don't see how, like, when... You see this a lot, just with quality control around every game. It's just, like, I don't get how a company will, like, make a game or, like, remake a game or push it out. And suddenly, they'll send it out to, like, just, like, the audience, just the internet, basically. And immediately in the first, like, I want to say day or like like hour probably the first hour yeah everyone's like whoa this kind of looks crappy <laughs> like immediately and i wonder if like you see this constantly where like they just push it out and then people immediately point out the flaws like this this and this and then the company goes wait these flaws do exist holy crap let's pull it back and then figure out how to fix this like i that's the part i don't get is that when you do that, not only are you just showing that like your your product's gonna be like downgraded or like there's not enough quality control, so you're worried about buying it in general, um, but it doesn't go through any like I guess tests or like um, checks, performance checks or anything where it's like someone comes up and be like, yeah, this this could look better, this could look you know good, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, not just how to try to sound harsh, but it's just like. I don't get how those things get like crossed through when immediately the first person on the internet picks it up in like a few minutes. That's the thing I always kind of like blows my mind because you see it with games who have, are broken or have some issues and it's immediately first hour they're like, this does not work. <laughs> no? And like, I want, I want them to be able to push out games and have like consumer feedback immediately whether it's harsh or not mm. like it's it's really important for them to be able to share with like that community or those fans and be like hey here it is and then people can say you know you didn't animate this model like one of the first times you see one of the main aliens like it doesn't have texture on its skin and it doesn't move around it's like it just it, it it's lifeless like i said before and mm -hmm. so like getting that feedback is good but at the same time when you drop something that kind of just looks half baked suddenly you do start like people start to lose confidence or it's like okay you had this under your belt for so long and this is what you return with like yeah. you can trust that two games like the final fantasy 7 remake like oh yeah definitely uh, although i'm not sure we should be revisiting 20 year old titles um you know at least it's lovingly recreated and it looks amazing for the most part yeah. um you know what i mean like you and even when it was released initially the trailer like there was feedback that the community gave and stuff like that but it, it's clearly not a half-baked product and and, and it, within any of like the trailers that released i don't think that was that was ever the impression and i think making that really first good impression is important yeah um, and it definitely the mark was missed for crisis i i i'm sure i'm sure it'll go back into the kitchen i'm sure they'll whip it into shape the way it needs to but like you know you you spend all this money and time developing it like did, why did it not go through the proper qa to see this like if a fan can spot make that trailer within the first day or the first week spotting out 10 minutes worth of inconsistencies or errors or 
you know, spots where your new game definitively looks worse than the 11 year old version. Like, yeah. That, that to me just seems a little bit unacceptable. Yeah. And also, and also they're like, it sucks, but crisis is, was like the level or like the, um, which I'm gonna call it the bar for like high quality yeah. games. So they kind of have that pressure, you know? Oh, it's, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is, crisis, is Crisis still the standard in 2020? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I haven't tried to run it. Kind of scared my computer might blow up, so... <laughs> I, ran, I ran Monster Hunter in 2K, and that was... That was chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game's pretty beautiful in general. Yeah, I mean, alright. So we've mostly, we've mostly bounced around on a little bit of negativity. We've been kind of critiquing these studios uh, <laughs> who definitely should be listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> Try marking our every word. Um tell me about your preferred gaming setup. Tell me, you know, do you prefer to use an ultra wide or multiple monitors or what? Um for PC gaming I prefer multiple monitors just because mostly I when I'm gaming I like to do some things outside sometimes, like you know, go to another screen or something. And it's just kinda like the attachment or the detachment having two screens works better than the giant screen um i've messed around with those and it's been kind of just i don't know maybe i'm old-fashioned but it's just kind of uncanny valley for me <laughs> it's weird but um but no like gaming setup quality mouse quality keyboard i'm the preferred fan of like the in-between not the super clicky keyboard not a big fan of the it's like uh sometimes i get a headache from those but um, I'm using actually the uh, Razer, I think, or Nava or something, something some crazy Razer name that they come sure. up. <laughs> and then, um, and then you know, some little uh, wrist, what the gel wrist things? Because that that that's the that's the key thing in your setup is the gel wrists because you gotta have those to support your gaming for like ten hours. Eating those Cheetos, Honestly. those Doritos, Mountain Dew, you need that. Honestly. <laughs> like it's no joke, but tendonitis is like a total bitch. Yeah. And unfortunately, we hardcore gamers are afflicted. <laughs> afflicted. No, I agree. I definitely need some of like the gel stuff myself. For me, like I, I so I just got this ultra wide monitor, and it replaces my old two monitor setup. And for me, it's like a million times better because. Mm -hmm. I like having everything in front of me in one place kind of condensed. Uh, the cool thing about my ultra wide is I can plug in two HDMIs and then I can make it function like two separate monitors, Okay, uh, which gives me more access to just like splitting things up on each different half of my monitor. But uh, perhaps I would didn't go with the curved one. I think a curved one would look a little weird because I do a lot of coding and other things like that. And I was wondering like, what would that do? In some of my programs that like towards the edges so i just went ahead with a non-curve monitor but so far that's like been really nice for me i'd i'd big time recommend like you're talking about like the gel for me like almost as important as the gel is having like a decent chair maybe not like a drx racing chair but something that's like <laughs> you calling me out <laughs> yeah, yeah come on pro gamer uh you know like it has to be comfy and it my current chair though is like not level the arm rests are not level with uh my desk the way the one at like my work is and mm. that really bothers me because that means like my arms are always at an incline unless i sit really forward with my arms on the desk yeah and like 
that that'll be my next upgrade upgrade the pc upgrade the monitor upgrade my desk and like now i gotta upgrade the chair to go with it like once you start once you start on setting up like your gaming setup or your gaming spot or whatever like you you're like okay all i need is a new pc oh if i get a new pc a new monitor oh i'm gonna need speakers i need yep. a sound bar now i need a new mouse and keyboard and chair and you know i need a gaming rug and <laughs> i could use a fan and i i'm gonna need a green screen because now i can start streaming and of course like it just you know and then i need my red bull fridge it just <laughs> it spirals it spirals so quickly I need the figures on top so I can have something to look at. <laughs> yeah. It's like if I get a chair that leans back, I won't even need to go to my bed. I could just stay here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that. Funny thing is I, I took the um arm and rest. I took them off because they just felt constricting, and I, I haven't regretted it <laughs> on my chair. Is that just because your body was already in so much pain? Uh, uh, no, it's mostly because I like playing um, my instruments at my table, uh, my um, desk. So playing guitar with Armas is like fucking Dark Souls. <laughs> wow, the multifaceted gamer space, not only for gaming, but also for real life things. Yeah, exactly. I've never known that kind of power. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I play an instrument at my desk, but... It's the ukulele, and it, <laughs> it, does, it does. It fits. It fits in between the armrest of the chair. Uh, That's that works. Yeah. It works. Right. What have you been playing recently? Oh. I haven't seen you in three months because of uh, <laughs> Corona destroying our universe. So I have no idea what you've been doing. Dude. Which I, I assume is just laying in bed and crying, like I have been. Yeah, that's like half my day. But I get up, get some food, pound some Coke, Coca-Cola nut. You know mm, stuff, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then um, I hop on to the games, and I've been streaming lately, like a lot. So I've been doing that a lot. A lot of people in my community um, recommending some really good games. Um, I've played everything from like One Shot, which is a great indie game. I recommend everyone play that. Um, it's really unique. Uh, play it on the computer. I don't think you can play it on the console actually. Um, if you like Undertale, you'll like that game. Uh, then um, I played Undertale for the first time. That was... Pog. Yeah. Um, that was good. That was interesting. Um, and then currently I'm playing Child of Light, which I'm not... It's weird. I like that game. The uh, the Shakespearean um, rhyming every single sentence, not my thing. <laughs> but uh, the gameplay is superb. Like, I'm... The fact that you can play, it's like, it's got the, you know, turn-based RPG combat, which, you know, tried and true, not bad. But the thing that blows my mind is the fact that you can do interactive things, like move around like a cursor and get yourself health while doing the RPG stuff inside it. That's really cool. Like, that's unique, which that's why I kind of like, even though the story's not my thing, but the gameplay is just fun. Like, I just kind of want to play the game more. So I'm playing that currently. Um, I haven't had a chance to play Child of Light, but it definitely is, like, on my two-play list. Yeah. Just because it sort of has that same... Well, you wouldn't say same art style or vibe, but, like, there's been so many kind of, like, 2D games like that since, like, Ori or... Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, every game in the past 10 years has had, like, the left-to-right movement, but, like, yeah, it's like a moving picture book, I guess. Yeah, like something about it like really draws me to it, and it's I, I'm kind of interested in that a lot more. 
yeah it's it's good i highly recommend it um what are you currently playing uh so i have been playing a ton of valorant i'm super terrible at it super terrible at it i've never played like i played shooters right but like i've never played like a cs go style oh yeah where you have to like you don't run into a room and try and 360 no scope people you actually have to like (laughs) communicate with your teammates and take corners slowly and not be a dumbass. And that is very difficult for me to not be a dumbass. Um, I've been playing a ton of Valorant. Uh, I picked up some stuff on the steam sale. I got Yakuza Kawami two. I got monster hunter world, mm-hmm. which takes nine years to get through the intro of monster hunter world. But yeah, that, that's amazing. I've been playing sea of thieves. I got that on the Xbox game pass. Okay. Uh, so I've been playing that with my friends and like, it's, it's weird. This game has been out for like four years or four years since alpha release. And there is still, it still feels like it might be like an alpha game or a beta game. Oh, Cause shit. it's just, there's so many weird bugs or goofy things that happen. And it's, it's just not a perfect game. Like the combats, the combats kind of man, like the missions you do are just glorified fetch quests. But when you get on the high seas, and you've just completed a mission and you've got like no HP left and you're in, it's a storm is happening and like you're falling over the boat and the next thing the Kraken pops out of the water and grabs your ship and like you and your shipmates are just running around trying to patch and throw buckets of water out of the ship. Like that is hype. That is <laughs> absolutely hype. It is. I kept getting griefed by these people every time we drop off our treasure at a port. Like there, these kids would be waiting there and every single time we'd park the boat or do you do you do you park a boat? <laughs> I, yes, we would it. drop anchor and these kids would come around and like you get there's like a proximity voice chat. So I'm just hearing these 12 year olds being like, fuck you, and then they'd shoot on our ship and they would we'd lose all our fucking treasure. And this happened for hours. <laughs> and we, it was such a pain. And then later that night, right before we're getting off, last night, we find them. We pull into the the dock for our last thing and they come in, they crash on the shore on accident. One of the guys hops off, takes his treasure and he's running towards the town to sell it. We all jump out of our ship. We murk him. We take the treasure chest and then we sell it. And I can hear them on proximity chat. They're like, no, that was the captain's chest. How could you lose that? It's so good. (laughs) It was so satisfying. Hours of being griefed all washed away because we got to return the grief. Sea of Thieves is very good. It's a very fun game, sandboxy kind of game to just pal around. Like the, what's really cool about it is being on the open oceans with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like when you do get into like a crazy storm or you're getting attacked by ghost ships or Kraken, like it's it you really actually have to work together to like raise sails, adjust sails, fix holes underneath the ship or like like it's just it's it gets intense and yeah. it's super fun. It's super fun to role play as a pirate. Um big recommend on sea of thieves nice yeah. and also like it's it's like five bucks if you get on the xbox game pass so Can't five, bucks. That. five bucks <laughs> five dollars yeah so are you looking for anything in the future anything you hyped about that it's kind of funny because like i'm there's so many things that i'm playing right now uh-huh. that i don't even know if i'm really forward looking at stuff like everything that i want is out right now kind of kind of thing which feels great um i guess something i'd be looking forward to um and this is going to sound kind of contradictory to be earlier <laughs> but i am looking forward to the next part of the final fantasy 7 remake 
Like, yeah. okay, should we have done it? I don't know. But now that I've played it, I'm hooked. Right. Uh, I got to know. And like, I love Final Fantasy, and I and I love Seven specifically. But that's probably what I'm looking forward to next. That's the one that left me like just wanting more. I, I I burned through when it first came out. So yeah, I definitely be looking forward to the next part of the Final Fantasies. Yeah, I mean, it, it leaves you on a cliffhanger, so it makes sense. You like, you're like I need uh, to know. <laughs> I mean, I know, kind of. It's it's just like it's kind of cool because there's a lot of portions of that game that are retold. So it's like the core story, you know, but you're like, wait, what if they do do something different? Or like, what what are they gonna change in the next part? Like, yeah. I don't know. They got me hooked. I I'm a hypocrite. All right, I'm the reason <laughs> they keep making remakes. I'm weak. <laughs> God damn it. How about you? How about you? Uh, um, I'm looking forward to honestly, uh, Demon Souls remake because I just kind of beat that game. Oh my god, you're weak just like I, me. We're all weak, bro. We're oh all weak. Oh god, damn it! They got us. They know how to get us. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um. Uh. What you call it? There's like some like a uh, director developer like sitting here listening to this podcast. He's like, I told you, I told yeah. you, we have them. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, but no. Um, the reason I'm looking forward to that just for the fact that like I played I recently, like I think yesterday, I beat the uh, Demon Souls game, like the original, which I've had on my shelf for like ten years. <laughs> um, but I went through it finally. Trying to like, you know, because I'm a big fan of the Soul series, if you guys don't know. Um, uh, but I kind of felt like uh, for the first time, like I played a game. It's been a while since like, I played an old game, like a very old game. Um, and it felt rough. Like it felt like a lot of things were implemented a little bit better in the, the, the uh, future series or the future um, games that came out. But that's the kind of thing I'm kind of interested in the new one that's the remake is if they're going to fix and create more quality of life changes that make the game a little bit more enjoyable compared to what it was back then because it seems like the f original game was very uh, testing like I'm going to try this new idea I'm going to try this I'm going to figure it out and then try to do it as best as I can and then the next games they refined it so I wonder if they're going to do that or try to keep it it's kind of like there's a there's a little balance. They're like you can't do too much. You can't, but I don't know. Um, that's what I'm kind of like interested in right now. So I really like the uh, the world balance system or whatever. What is that called? Uh, tendency world tendency. Yeah, world tendency. I love the world tendency stuff in that game. Yeah, because it's like oh, I tried to give myself more HP and do this specific thing, and the game's like no, 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 no. You yeah. misunderstand. Fuck you. Yeah. And it suddenly becomes ten times harder for no reason. And yeah. that that is like mm, that's that's cream of the crop right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then that's another thing too, is that I'm also interested to see if like they kind of create or change those things or modify them. Because those things were unique for the time, you know? It was more like, oh, this is kind of unique, but I wonder if they're gonna shift it or change it so like you can do other actions. I don't know. It's just a lot of things that it's a lot of what ifs. And I guess that's what I look forward to is the what ifs more than the samey stuff. <laughs> what know? would you prefer that you go in and the combat feels as similar as to the way it is before, or it's updated to like dark souls three or even like Sekiro level of, you know, smoothness. Oh damn. 
100% updated. That shit is jank as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you lose, like, so you'd rather have, like, those mechanics, but in the setting of the older game. Yeah. Versus preserving the, like, integrity, quote unquote, of the game. Yeah. I mean, you can't even jump in that game. And it's, re- and it's really weird sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I feel. That's what I'm looking Fun forward stuff. to. We'll see. Yeah. All right. I think today was a good podcast. I think today was a good, good talks, good talking. <laughs> you know, this is the first time that we've talked on voice chat in three months. This is true. Like, do I even know you? <laughs> yeah, like, like, who am I even really here right now? Maybe I've pre-recorded this. Oh, goddamn, that's good. You knew all all the points I would talk about. <laughs> I'm so predictable. Well, I mean, we talked about it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you want to sum this up for our return? Our remake. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 15 is a good game. <laughs> Final Fantasy 13 is a better game. Uh, uh, um, the end. Okay, I'm done. Calling the cops. See ya. <laughs>